Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Directed by Ryan Coogler and produced by Marvel Studios, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is the superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character Black Panther. It is the sequel to Black Panther from 2018 and the 30th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The movie is out now, but if you haven't seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. The sequel to Black Panther comes following the death of the actor of the title character, T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman. It is also the final film in Phase 4 of the MCU. Jason, you have the plot. Queen Ramonda, played by Angela Bassett, Shuri, played by Letitia Wright, M'Baku, Winston Duke, Okoye, Danae Gurira, and the Dora Milaje fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of King T'Challa's death. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with the help of war dog Nakia, who's played by Lupita Nyong'o, and Everett Ross, played by Martin Freeman, and forge a new path for the kingdom of Wakanda. This is another review that we're playing Catch up on. This film is released on Disney Plus 1st of February. If we'd have held out a little bit longer, we could have watched it again from the comfort. What of you can our- say is that we're we're early for the Disney Plus release. We're ahead of the game. That's it. So we are late for the actual yep. release, early for the streaming release. Yeah, let's um yeah, dance right. There we go. Let's go with that. Chadwick Boseman. I mean since what was it captain america civil war i mean what a great introduction for him as an actor in the mcu and the character and then we've got his solo film we popped up in a couple of avengers films but then when they said they're going to continue with the sequel not recast charla Everybody was like questioning, oh, what direction is this going to go in? Most people were speculating, it's going to be Shuri. It's going to be his sister. She'll be the new Black Panther. Wasn't that big of a surprise when it's revealed in the film. But you're already invested. The loss of the of the actor and it's felt. I mean, the opening, when you get the Marvel Studios intro, it features exclusively Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa pays tribute to him and it's I believe it's silent like there's no music is there it's just silent you see different clips of him from the movies so straight away like you're dragged in like it's like this film hasn't earned that but the previous films have earned it. it it's kind of a weird one like ordinarily like a movie would need to try and make you feel a certain way. What happened in the real world with the unfortunate passing of Bozeman has you, the audience, already feeling that. So you invested in the story, the characters. So the loss that they're feeling for the character, you feel for the actor and the character. It's a a weird feeling. I can't think of another time I've experienced that. No, 100%. Like if this was just the the true next story, like the next chapter in the story and 
as a creative decision, it was, look, let's kill off the lead character and then follow the supporting the remaining characters and then the nation, like, following that. And we'll open the movie with sort of like a, yeah, like a montage sort of celebration of that character. It would definitely hit differently because we, number one, would be sitting there being like, what the hell is this all about? Because we wouldn't, we don't know. We're bringing all of that, that outside baggage. And I feel like that is, it's almost manipulative in a way, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like we, we get it. We know what what they're doing. It's, and it is, it's, it it is a way to honor both the man Chadwick Chadwick Boseman and also that character and that legacy that he's leaving behind. The whole, the, the whole decision to obviously move forward without the T'Challa character. I mean, I had gripes with it. I understood the reasons they were doing it, but I always just had a bit of an issue of just like, you know, like the actors are, are there to serve the characters and the story. It, it's not the other way around. And obviously will, real world events are unfortunate and things happen. At the end of the day, like I feel like as uh, as creatives and storytellers, they should tell the story that they want to tell and that they always intended or intended on telling. And I feel like they course corrected, they reacted to a real world event. And I'm still feeling weird about it. But w- what I can say is that having watched this film, the direction and what they did with the characters that they have, and you know, going forward with them. You know, like the Black Panther story is in, it's in a good place. Like it's, and, and that's all I'll say for now without revealing too much, but they put together a pretty good and meaningful, heartfelt, emotional story. And they had fun along the way. Like there's still stuff in here to be like, yeah, this was a cool, fun movie. It wasn't just a, oh man, I feel pretty, pretty dull the whole time. And oh, I miss that T'Challa character. He was really, really important they managed to sort of step over all of that, which is good. Yeah, they do. And they had the benefit in that first movie. The supporting characters that were introduced and they're brought back here are solid characters in their own right. Like I was so happy to see Winston Duke back as Umbaku. I thought he was great in that first film. He's really good here as well. But the, the actor, the character, whenever they're on screen, you just cannot turn away from, is Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda. She was really good in that first movie. In this movie, she steals every scene that she's in. It's like the performance that she's giving and the material, she's getting a lot of good material to work with, but she's absolutely nailing the performance. And I'd go as far as saying one of the best performances we've had from an actor in the MCU. And this is, what do we say, the 30th film? Angela, yeah, Angela Bassett, she's been around for a while and she's always given good performances. But for me, seeing her in this is just next level. I mean, sometimes it does come down to like the material that you give the actor to work with. And in this, I mean, Again, it's that real world stuff probably affecting, you know, the actor and and what she has to actually work with. But the, you know, the whole she's playing a mother who's lost her son, um, and you know, this movie does focus on Wakanda and where it goes next. And it's a it's a nation without its king. She's now thrown back into the the well, the role of queen. She's sort of got that sort of title. There's a lot 
of pressure on her. There's all this other stuff happening, you know, like with these other nations, the stuff with the vibranium, you know, as the story unfolds, there's a lot of emotion that she gets to play with and what she's bringing, I guess, as an actress, as a, a real human being who knew Chadwick Boseman and the real world stuff that well, she can really draw from stuff. And I think she, she goes all out. Like she is a powerhouse in this movie. Yes. Yeah. She really is. <laughs> yes. The um the big threat in this film, we saw him early on in the trailers with his little ankle wings. Namor. I didn't know what you were gonna say then. <laughs> his little, <laughs> sorry, his little. Uh, I've always read it as Namor. They say it as no more as or no more, like as in like no he's more. no more, but Namor. But you know, the fish guy, the guy that is Absolutely not from Atlantis. He is from an ancient underwater civilization that is not Atlantis. In the comics, it sounds like Atlantis. <laughs> well, in the comics, it is Atlantis, but I guess they didn't want audiences to get mixed up with that other fish guy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, the DC guy. <laughs> yeah, so they've changed it up a little bit, but yeah, okay. He's the, the king of Tolokan. Which is the ancient civilization? The yeah, I think they like they're doing some interesting stuff here, and it is sort of like I guess the idea was like we've got these parallel sort of I guess hidden worlds, Wakanda, and then whatever you just said, um, the underwater Atlantis, not Atlantis place. You've also then got the the two, I guess people, you know these young people with these titles. You've got the princess in uh, Shuri, and then you've got the prince or the king or whatever the hell he is in Namor, Namor, whatever. So you've got them sort of butting heads. I don't know. It was an interesting, in like, what we got was not what I was expecting for Namor, but I kind of liked it. I'm like, it, you know, it has kind of like Aztec kind of style sensibilities to the world that they've got underwater there was a really good well i thought anyway bear in mind i haven't watched the the new avatar film lots of cool underwater action and lots of action involving water do you know like, this is cool it's yeah. interesting because you're right i've got avatar in cinemas we've had wakanda forever in cinemas aquaman 2 got delayed until Christmas 2023. So we've got to wait a little bit longer was for that, that one. Meant to be, was that meant to be the end of 2022? I believe so. Yeah, that, that got wow, knocked that would have been all of, the way back. That would have been a lot of wet cinema. So we've That's not seen Aquaman 2, but I'm guessing it's going to be very similar to what we saw in that first film. The first film, when it's underwater, it's bright, you know, it's colourful, there's flashing lights. Avatar also is bright and colourful. Like you can see all of what's going on. Wakanda Forever, they've gone in a different direction. It's darker, it's murkier. So I don't know. I guess that was more true what it would be like. <laughs> but he's also got wings on his ankles and he's flying and he wears green speedos. Absolutely. I mean, so yeah. I think the player is being loose with yeah. what would really happen compared to. So I don't know. I, it, it didn't really blow me away, the the underwater stuff. I mean, it, I, okay, it, no, it looked good. Well, I mean, I have seen 
Avatar The Way of Water. And as you can imagine, it looks yes. extraordinary. This isn't that. And it's not the first Aquaman film either. Yeah. I think I think more so than the underwater stuff, I think like when you know, when Namor and his people like pretty much are like this is enough and they, you know, invade Wakanda and sort of there's you know, they you know, and Baku's getting like bashed around by this wave and you know, like there's that big you know, the palace is sort of flooded and you know, the queen is taken out. I'm like, all of that, I was like, this is pretty, like, this is pretty cool. Lots of good water action. And the effects are good. Like, it, and at yeah. no point am I saying the effects aren't good. It's just the choice of having it be dark down there because we're getting introduced to this underwater world for the first time within the MCU and they just chose a different direction. And you've got to think it's intentional. I mean, even, even with like the wing boots and all that kind of stuff, it's like, the movie, uh, the movie as a whole, is is pretty uh, tonally quite dark and somber, and you know, even though there are some light moments and a few laughs along the way, um, enough to sort of keep us, you know, from coming out of the movie all depressed and stuff. But it is from start to finish pretty, you know, it is pretty grim. So there is a, a darker tone to it, and do you know what? I feel like that is kind of refreshing considering where sort of the mcu has been in the recent year or so you know like where i feel like the line of how goofy you can get they stayed well in front of it they didn't they didn't teeter around that well if you look at the 29th film that was for (laughs) love and thunder which is very different to this to this film uh, yes. <laughs> so we've been talking about Namor a little while now. We should probably give the credit to the actor, Tenoch Wernata. Good, so Good job with the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping it's right. The The approach to Namor, like the character is the character, but where they've mixed things up in this, they've leaned a lot on, like with the architecture, language, uh, the Mayans that's what they'd look to bring like a point of difference like in the comics it was a character he had a black flat top pointy ears speedos wings on the ankles that was the character and he said things like imperious rex which he does say in the film but you just get the subtitles for it because he doesn't say in english but he does say (laughs) imperious rex i was happy when when he said that so they've got the character, but they've obviously like fleshed him out. I mean, this is one of the very first Marvel Comics characters. And all these years later, he's finally made it on screen in live action. But with the actor, he had to learn a Mayan language for the role, as well as learn to swim. The actor could not swim until casting really? this film. Audition process. Oh, wow. He was asked, he said he could, and then he went to learn how to swim. <laughs> but it's like, he's the fish guy. That's the character name more. So you don't only have to learn, you have to learn how to do it well and make it look natural. Oh, movie magic, though. Movie magic. You make everything yeah. come to life. So there we go. But because he's a character that's so powerful, and he really is, like there's him and his people, going up against the Wakandans and 
you know, they they are winning essentially. Um, but he's got to have a weakness. What is that weakness? Heat. He sweats out all the water from his body, and then he's almost powerless. There had to be a way. I didn't know that's what it was going to be, but they had to find a way because when you've got a character that is all powerful, you need to find a way to bring him down a peg or two, and that's how they yeah, did it. You need to dehydrate the wet guy. Makes sense, I guess. Tell you what, it's, it's like I. It makes sense, but it's also kind of goofy. It's and very goofy, but again, ankle wings. As, so <laughs> you yeah, can be goofy. Yeah. Besides the ankle wings, this is where the movie gets the most silly. But I mean, we've seen wacky stuff in the MCU that this isn't like the craziest. No, I mean, it's still weird. We watched She Hulk. So <laughs> it definitely gets uh, why, gets wacky on that show. Bring She Hulk up. Why you got to bring her up? MCU, it's relevant. And it's MCU that happened the same year as this movie. That is... I think. Man. In contrast, it is relevant. You know, we brought up four before. I did not expect to see Michael B. Jordan back as Kill uh, Killmonger, and how how they brought him back. Like the whole thing, honestly, in that first Black Panther film has the power, takes the power away, has the power again, <laughs> takes the power away, burn the flowers, found a flower. That whole thing. I'm like, just keep the power. But anyway, so she. Needs oh, to well, go with the, through <laughs> with the with the flower. It, yeah, it, this one. It's it's a synthetic. It is yeah. a science. Mm. Essentially, Shuri just three D printed a, a flower. That's and that worked. But yeah, but it bridges the gap though. Or... Yeah, but it, I like mm. the science part because it really does bridge the gap. The Black Panthers that have, that have come before. She's the new Black Panther, and she's not just using ancient rituals, or she is, but she's modernizing it with with science. But yeah, but when she doesn't see her ancestors, instead she sees Killmonger. And I was worried the direction of this movie because sure it is in pain, and and you get that because she's experienced a great loss and now she's got all these responsibilities not just losing her brother in between films she loses her mother during this film and there's and she's got all this pressure when she sees him i was getting flashbacks to ray and kylo ren in the sequel trilogy i'm like oh not again i don't want that i didn't want it then i certainly don't want it now and i was worried she would turn to the dark side, and then we would have a very different Black Panther moving forward in the MCU. So I'm glad that she turned away from Killmonger and chose her own path. I was concerned. I mean, the like, I know we jump a, a little bit to the end there, like, but just on that, like Shuri versus Namor at the end of the film, and she's she didn't, you know, she's in a position where she can kill him. And she can make that decision. And you're right, like she's got all this built up anger. Um, and there, there is reason enough for her to seek that revenge. Very reminiscent of Spider-Man No Way Home with like Peter Parker having that moment of like my anger is is fueling me and then the re revenge is going to take over. But then it's like that moment like 
make that decision like what happens next is going to define you and shuri like you said takes the takes the the, the better path the good path but i guess for, for me, yeah they, they are but because of, like you say because this is for the most part a more serious film hmm. so they could have gone in a direction where she's going to be more edgy and dark like you don't really believe that's going to happen to spider-man but i kind of believed it could happen here it didn't i'm glad it that it been, didn't it, it could have set up for for what's next to come and it could have had her dealing with that decision and maybe the regret um and and trying to obviously course correct her own life and how she leads and stuff i mean it could have been interesting yeah you know it's it's our hero like she's our hero now and she made the right call so you know safe play she did what i'm realizing as we're talking about this film this black panther film i feel like i've just got more things to say about namor like with this thing <laughs> i mean i yeah yeah she's black panther because they had to find somebody else i don't know it's i still don't know how i feel like i mean i've read comics years ago where t'challa for reasons was no longer black panther and she took on the mantle so i have had experience with her as the character before but i don't know it's just not quite clicking I think she's fine, and the actress is doing a really good job. And I do like, like I said before, just the just incorporating what previous Black Panthers used and what she's going to use, and then the support network she has around her. Like it does, it does work. And but that's I, what I think that's what hmm. this movie really is. Like Wakanda is the keyword in the title because. Shiri's at the center and she's the one that eventually become like takes on that mantle. But at the same time, there's so much time devoted to the Dora Milaje and Baku. Um, yeah, you know, uh, even Nick, uh, Nakia, like they all have these moments. And then there's the introduction of Riri Williams. It's, and I know obviously like she's not Wakanda, but I mean, like she's it's thrown into the, she's the part of it. And then yeah. You know, like there's there's all these other things happening. The I mean, you're right. And yeah, like their their new suits, the the angel suits or whatever the hell they're called. Oh, mate, saw them for the first time, and I thought they are absolutely horrendous. They look so shocking. And then after the film, I looked up what they look like in the comics. Exactly the same. It's one time they've done I mean, look, a really faithful adaptation. Maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you, you you should take liberties and be like, no, we're going to pick. But I mean, it, it is sort of like it's highlighted in the movie from, you know, characters that it's like, no, the like those suits are horrendous. Like that. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. A, it is an actual valid point. So maybe down the line, we'll see an evolved version of that uh, and a, an updated. Better well, with, stuff. with Shuri in charge, you can see how her influences would yeah. Would take hold She's with like, what they're everybody wearing. Everybody gets a super suit. Everyone yeah. gets a super suit. <laughs> Riri Williams, you mentioned she's not Wakandan, but she's in Wakanda for a lot of the film. I liked how they brought her in. She's working on her own suit. That's getting her ready for a Disney Plus show, Iron Heart. That's 
coming soon to getting the actress and the character established for that. But let's just go back to Namor for a moment. Oh my God, again. Well, we've got, <laughs> yes, well, I didn't do it before, did I? I set it up and we didn't go there. We just carried on with Shuri okay. and Wakanda. He yeah. calls himself a mutant. Da, da, da. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does. In the comics, he has the title of Marvel's first mutant. That's his. That's what he's referred yeah, to as in the comics. But how do you feel about this? Because I, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know because we've got the Miss Marvel TV show, and we find out in the season finale that she's a mutant in the comics. Mm-hmm. She's an inhuman. But Marvel Studios are not going to go near Inhumans again after that failed TV show. So now she's a mutant, and we've got that very brief riff on the animated X-Men theme from the 90s. We got Xavier in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and again, we've got a bit of that X-Men theme. So this is the third X-Men reference. I think the X-Men are great. The comics, the animated series, the movies for the most part, although there's issues with a few of them, but just as an IP, I like the X-Men, and I don't know how I feel about being drip-fed, like, in a TV show, a couple of movies this year. I, I mean, like Everyone's been asking the question of how are they going to introduce the mutants, like, where have they been? And I guess what we're seeing is that they're trying to imply that, look, they've always been there. And now we're going to meet a couple of them before we meet, you know, that group, that specific yeah. group that we are so familiar with. So I... They're just going to keep doing it, though. They, they're going to keep just having these little references and stuff popping up. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. You know, you're... Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, a bit. It's okay. It's I think removed from from Miss Marvel and now we're we're I'm. It is what it is. It's just gonna it's gonna happen, and it's not as dramatic anymore because it's already been done. It's already happening, and it's going to continue to happen. So it's like the next time we hear someone announce themselves as a mutant or get described as one, it'll be like, cool, another one. You know, it's like suddenly it's there's no shock anymore. It's like all right, another one, cool. But then. We're getting Deadpool 3, was a Fox film, will now be a Marvel Studios film. Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine. They're still talking about casting Wolverine in the MCU. Ah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we we got Patrick Stewart as Xavier in Doctor Strange. When they do X-Men, it's not going to be Patrick Stewart. It's going to be a different actor. So, ah, I don't know. Yeah, I look, that's a conversation for a different day, I guess. Everett Ross. We've got Martin Freeman back as Everett Ross. What's really interesting here is that we find out that his ex-wife is Valentina Alagera de Fontaine, played by... Elaine from Seinfeld. Louis Dreyfus. It is. I mean, she will always be Elaine from Seinfeld. You watch Christmas Vacation. Look, it's Elaine from Seinfeld. She'll (laughs) she'll always be that. But a great actress in her own right. I mean, of course, like V, like she's a really good actress. But you're right. Yeah, she will always be Elaine. But here she is. And it's weird, isn't it? Because 
the first time we saw her was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That was yeah, that, yeah, towards the end. Yeah, we saw her. Yeah. But we were meant to see her for the first time at the end of or in Black Widow or at the end That's of Black right. Widow. The end of yeah, Black Widow. Natasha's gravestone. That's where we were supposed to see her. But delays, we got the TV show first. So that's why it was so interesting at the time, having this new character debut on TV and not on the big screen. But it's because it was supposed to be the other way around. Now she's like the Nick Fury of bad guys. Like it's, yeah. It is a, you know, interesting reveal. Lincoln to Everett Ross, obviously he's got his, he's in the CIA. So obviously she's got, who I don't even know what bloody government thing she's working for, but obviously it's meant to be under the guise of something good, Obviously, she's got her motives and her alternative motives. Yeah, anyway. So, so all that's happening in the background. So, look, we're getting a little bit more of, you know, that sort of unfolding, a little bit more of the story being peeled back. To be honest, Everett Ross in this movie, he's not doing much. He's there for just to have some like some connected tissue introduce the Riri Williams character it's a it's a small part he seems to be in the movie quite a bit at least from sort of like watching I'm like he keeps kind of popping up but there's not really anything he's majorly doing I almost feel like they kind of put him in the movie because he's kind of a part of the Black Panther family but I don't know maybe Maybe they could have him serve a better purpose in another movie or in like another character sort of franchise doing something where he's yeah. actually doing something. Like, he definitely contributed a lot more in that first film. In this film, yeah. he used to be married to Elaine from Seinfeld. That's, <laughs> that's, that's see, essentially... I mean, that was the first point that you made. That was the first yeah, point you made. That's... I think he he makes a phone call. He He made that phone call that's that's it and then elaine from seinfeld is as well yeah that's that's <laughs> that's that's the part that he's playing i like martin freeman it's always nice when he pops up in things it is, it is. but um yeah i mean i'm sure we're going to see him again okay good <laughs> like we could it'd be better if we saw him in something where he could just do something more substantial but you know it's fine it's fine <laughs> like all MCU films. I'm going to say all, most, maybe one we don't. Nothing all. We get a post-credit scene. I don't know what I was expecting. Wasn't this? We meet T'Challa's son. T'Challa. There is a new future King <laughs> T'Challa. T'Challa's back in a way. So at this point, everyone's got a kid. I mean, yeah, like everyone's got a kid. Iron Man had a kid. Iron Man has a kid. Hulk's Hulk got a cousin. A oh, no, he does. Yeah, of course. No, it's a kid. It's Scar a kid. turns a up at the end. A kid. <laughs> cousin had a, a kid. Thor has a, Thor has a kid. That's right. Black Panther has a kid who has been hidden away away from the Wakanda life and world. And now it's sort of what happens next. Does he, does he go to Wakanda? Does Shuri take him there? Do they continue to have him living in the 
in the outside world away from all of that who knows i mean is this is this uh kevin feige playing the long game in 20 (laughs) years time this kid will be we'll get young avengers but yeah not the young avengers we thought like we thought oh yeah of course and but no this will be more kids yeah wonder and vision they got kids. Oh, Wonder Vision had kids. Yes, yes, they had kids. Yeah, everyone's got a kid. To be fair, we have kids. It's just what happens. <laughs> People start families. I, I, yeah, I suppose. I mean, these films have been going since I want to say two thousand and eight. But I mean, enough? like, if you look, the last—I'm pretty sure—is the last two MCU things that came out, and I'm talking TV shows or, or movies. Not, not including the special presentations, but Thor, Love and Thunder and She-Hulk, right? Which both ended with this character, this Avenger that we know as a kid. Yeah. That's three in a row. I mean, I mean, Ant-Man, oh, no, Ant-Man. Ant-Man already has a kid. My yeah, God. which we, he always had a kid, though, to be fair. Or maybe, but, but they maybe just keep Ant-Man's changing. Kid. They just keep changing Ant-Man the actors, kid. Ant-Man's kid's going to be like, at the end of Ant-Man Quantumania, oh, Dad, I'm pregnant. And Ant-Man's going to be the world's best grandma. There we go. Grandma? It's all going to come full circle. You know that joke? The joke with the the trophy in the first movie? Never mind. Never mind. It's been a while since I've seen it. Oh, oh, yes. I apologize. I just thought you were losing your mind. World's world's best grandma. Oh, well done. Oh, I wish I never said anything. I can't edit that because we're talking over each other as well. Leave it in. Oh, I completely missed you. I can, I can go, say, go, yeah, you're going to say it again. We'll, we'll pretend that you that you're moments passed. The moments have passed. But you made a very good point. Very good point. She Hulk. Hulk turns up with his son. Thor has a daughter, and T'Challa has a son. Yeah, there you go. It's very similar, isn't it? <laughs> very samey. Very samey. But do you know what? This is. I like when they do post credit scenes like this sometimes where it's like we kind of get to the end of the movie and then like the credits start but then it's like the scene that we just left off kind of just continues and that's the post credit scene like so it's almost like it could have just been the end of the movie but they were like ah let's make it the post it's like it's almost like they panicked and realized it didn't have a post credit scene i thought well let's just cut the end of the movie off (laughs) We'll let them wait for it. <laughs> People are used to. Yeah. We've trained them to stay and have a post credit scene. We need to give them. And one. then when we don't give them one, they get pissed off. So, so let's just cut the end it, of the movie off, and they can have that. It's only it's only in the mid credit scene, right? There's not something at the end as well. I think it is mid credit scene, and there's nothing at the end. That was it. Yeah, which it, it kind of fits with with the opening, though. Like you said, that somber opening. You just mm. see Chadwick Boseman. No, no instrumental. Yeah, and then at the end, it just it ends the way that it ends. Like it's not like a last-minute gag or a cameo. It's just that's and it's an emotional it, yeah. ending. It's an emotional opening and it's an emotional ending. It makes me think more that it's like, like that scene where it's revealed that that kid is is T'Challa's son. That that really was the end of the movie, and it was like, no, we haven't filmed a tag or a stinger or whatever. It feels and that just way. for like, just for like, like just because they're obligated to, they're like, yeah, we'll just slice it and put it a little like a minute or so later, 
just so we can say we have a post-credit scene, but whatever. Like I said, it, I kind of like it because it works better. It just seems like a part of the film and not a bonus thing. Yes, it does. It just sucks for those people that still don't know what the hell they're doing and they leave as soon as the credits hit. I'm like, have you not seen an MCU movie? People are still doing that. I, I know. I, what are they all, doing? All I can think is that they must know. We just not care. They don't care. They can't but they care. They care enough they... to go to it. Yeah. It, it is it is weird though, isn't it? Because enough people get up and start leaving the cinema. Like, come on, what are you, what are you doing? You've already bought your ticket. You've you've spent two hours sitting here. Like, just spend a couple of more minutes and just finish the experience. There's a little yeah, bit where more. Are you going? Where are you gonna go? No Maybe idea. they got burned out. What was it? <laughs> Guardians Volume Two, where James Gunn included, I think maybe like five. <laughs> Post-credit scenes, maybe not like, never off. again. Yeah, too many, too many, and they were they weren't all worth it. <laughs> too many. Um, okay, let's um, let's do it. Let's um, let's rate this movie out of five. Cool. I look overall. I did not like this one. Um, this most recent phase has been pretty rocky. There have been ones that I've. I have enjoyed the TV shows have all gone downhill for me. You know how that's been. The special presentations have although been a delight and I want to put that out there because I feel like our audience has not heard that. Um, but this movie was a good way to cap the end of the phases, even though the phases don't mean jack shit anyway. It's just a thing that we say. Um, no, so this was a, this was a pretty good one. Um, it was better than I was thinking it was going to be following the, the death of Chadwick Boseman and their decision to move on from that character um but i feel like look they made the most of that decision and they were they made the creative choice to do things with certain characters that could explore that and and have things develop from there um where we leave off with the movie sort of keeps me interested in what's happening in wakanda and the wider stuff there so now they look they did some fun stuff some good water action um some good moments with some characters uh Ruby williams was the newest addition and she was she was fine like she didn't blow my mind in any sort of way but to find no issues there um like yeah no i think pretty pretty good way to just end the the phase i'm a very uh, just a generous easy four out of five like I haven't really got much bad to say about it, but again, not not like the toppest of tier in the MCU. I'm going to start by saying this: better than Eternals. That's where I'm going to start. <laughs> is that the I... lowest point of Phase Four for you? Uh, Eternals is the lowest point of the MCU for me. <laughs> Starting <laughs> with you, Iron Man, wow. yeah. Now I'm talking film, TV, but anyway. Um, I thought this movie was fine. I mean, we mentioned that it's uh, streaming Disney Plus from February 1st. I'm going to watch it again. I feel like I need to see it again. Mm. Uh, that first viewing on the big screen, again, like you, you feel that emotional weight, but it's not earned. Like you just feel it already. Like the movie's not having to do anything. Shuri is fine. Is Black Panther. I've seen some criticisms online. They don't like how they think she's suddenly capable in a fight. But just because we haven't seen her train doesn't mean she hasn't. 
Do you know what I mean? Having I mean, was, T'Challa as her brother. She, well, she had the little blasters in the first movie. We were fighting plenty in Avengers. But she, and, you know. she would have been trained. Like, do you know? Anyway, so that didn't bother me at all. Here's the character I believe she can do that she's suddenly doing for a lot of it was seen for the first time. But that's just, that's fine. That happens in these movies. You don't see every aspect of these characters' lives. They can do things we've not seen before. So I thought she was fine as the character. Namor, pretty interesting. Um, again, I was getting Ray Kylo Ren vibes that I didn't like. There's a lot of characters. Some do more than others. Angela Bassett, again, she is phenomenal in this film. The underwater scenes, dark, murky, didn't do too much for me, but I get they need that point of difference, whether it's Avatar, Aquaman, they can't just have it looking like everything else. It needs to have its own identity. It's a good film. It is a good film, but it didn't blow me away of anything. And I'm going to come in a bit lower than you with a three out of five. And I think it's probably it's one of my lower rated MCU films. Well, three out of five. Yeah, no, not bad. I think just overall, like, I think just like visually and just it just had a tone that just made the film feel elevated above, especially just what we've seen recently um, in the MCU. But you know, it's, it's worth noting. You know, like you're talking about the the controversy of Shuri, and it's like, oh, she's never fought and all that kind of stuff. And like, what happens when you know someone else from one of the other tribes challenges her? And it's like, oh yeah, that would be a bit weird. That actually happens in this movie at the end, where it's like, who wants to challenge her? And she essentially she doesn't show up, and she sends who does she? I think she sends Mbaku or something to go in her place or someone. So it kind of leaves it all open to like. Well, maybe she's actually giving up her, you know, like the the title of, or at least queen or whatever she is, or the Black Panther mantle and or whatnot. Or maybe she's just saying, uh, like, up yours to the tradition of how we pass this on. So who knows? <laughs> Rebel. It's just like, you know, I've come in with a three out of five and I'll, I'll stand by that. But just, just speculating, like, what could happen next I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, I'm a completist. I sat through yeah. the whole of She-Hulk, and I know you did as well. So good or bad, and I know I did enjoy She-Hulk more than you, but I watch all of these. Like I think a lot of people do, but I'm just... Uh, I don't know. Do you know what's worth noting? We should mention, and I, I realise I didn't say that at any point, remember our, our Black Panther review. How did I feel about that movie when it came out? Oh, you didn't really like, like it. it. I, I, I didn't quite liked and it. Rewatching and I gave... it again, rewatching it again, like before this one, right? We got about halfway through, me and the wife, and we were both like, because she sort of, you know, was the same standpoint of me, and we were both like, why did we not like this movie? Like, this is pretty good. And then the second half of that movie, we're like, oh, yeah, this is really stupid. Like, all the stuff with Killmonger and. It changes, um, yeah, the second know, half. It's like, None of this makes any sense. None of this needed to happen. Why is it like, why didn't he just rock up at like, he, none of it made sense. It, it's really, it's really quite silly. Um, he, so I think he, just watching yeah. this, I, I think I, I might be a little bit full. I'm still sticking with my four, but it's like, this is just such a far better movie than that you first know, one. No, I, I, I prefer the first one. But with 
with what you've just said there, like your experience rewatching Black Panther, that was my experience watching Venom for the second time. Watched it in cinemas and then watched it at home the second time. I'm halfway through the film. Like, why did I give this film such a hard time in the review? I'm actually quite enjoying it. Second half, oh, this is not a good film. Yeah, and that's your Black Panther experience. With Venom, when it's human Tom Hardy versus a symbiote, and then when the symbiote takes over and then you're just hearing Tom Hardy, that's where it lost me. Anyway, we're... What are we talking about Venom for? It's my fault. I brought, I brought that up. Well, um, at least you didn't mention Morbius. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, now you've done it. But I'm just going to move on. Um, okay, so as always, we like to close out on some trivia with the runtime of 161 minutes. That's two hours 41 minutes. This will be the second longest film in the MCU behind Avengers Endgame. That had a runtime of three hours one minute and the longest solo mcu film dethroning eternals eternals that was the second longest mcu film until this that film did not need was that long. be as long like the, like what was what like world building was because yeah. it's world building isn't it it's like you've got what's happening Wakanda, the catching up there, the 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 government, their concerns and what they're looking to do with trying to source their own vibranium, and then you've got Wakandans back, but then Namor and all his people and all that world building stuff. Yeah, there is a bit, and then Nakia. There's that whole suddenly we're catching up with her. Okay, yeah, the movie does. It's a big film. it? It is a big film. Do you know what? I don't remember it feeling like shit this is dragging out so that's a good point again like that's maybe watching it a second time i might be like oh man this is dragging out i can't remember exactly where it was but there was a moment where we absolutely dragged for me i need to see it a second time but in cinemas it did drag at one point maybe when like when like shuri went to like Namor's underwater palace house thing. I feel like that was just long winded because there was yeah, a lot maybe, of yeah. If it, you know what? Like, I think you, I think you nailed it. I think that is. I, I think, think that I did remember something about yeah. it. Like, because again, happening here, and I don't really care. Ray, Kylo Ren. I didn't want it in Star Wars. <laughs> I don't want it in the MCU. I think. I think you're right. I think that's that's what that moment was. Hmm. Well, that's it for our review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And keep an eye out for our next review, Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, and get ready for our year in review 2022 episode, which is coming very soon. It will come out this month. (laughs) (laughs) Coming very, very soon. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.